It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for that reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship here. Patrick Henry wrote those words many, many years ago. July 4th was the day that the colonies declared their independence from England. Freedom was declared. And it was stated in that great declaration of independence. And it was signed first by John Hancock, and then all the representatives from all the states joined in. And we still honor John Hancock by saying, put your John Hancock here, and we place our signature you would get a blank stare if you asked somebody for their Josiah Bartlett. He's the second guy to sign. Absolutely didn't mean anything. It did, but it didn't. All we know of is John Hancock. It was an exciting day. It was a day of joy. It was a day to celebrate but all too often we stop the story right there and we forget to read on the rest of the story because what followed was anything but easy what followed was anything but joyous what followed was anything but a celebration so you fast forward to December of 1776 and you get to this point in history because it's here that history showed us just how fragile was the hope of independence. It was hanging on by a thread. So here's what happened. George Washington was commanding an army that was disintegrating before his eyes, and it looked as if all hope for victory was gone. You see, he, had a, he made a military blunder that had lost New York in the British Army. And the Congress had fled from Philadelphia because the city was seen as a lost cause. And so the Continental Army was low on guns, low on gunpowder, low on food, low on all the supplies that they need. And so all of a sudden, the civilians that had celebrated so great on July 4th, 5th, and 6th all of a sudden now we're wondering, I wonder how wise it would be to just go back instead of trying to move forward at this point. And so most of the soldiers ended up finishing their enlistments on December 31st, and others didn't wait that long, and they simply said, we're done, we're out of here, we can't go on. And so... That day, George Washington's army was about to be destroyed by Brit British troops and German mercenaries, and the future of America still was hanging on by a thread. So what makes the events of December of 1776, it was actually Christmas Day, all the more amazing is this. Washington led his troops across the Delaware against incredible odds, 
I mean, all the odds said, don't do it. Don't go. You're not going to make it. You're not going to survive. You're not going to win this. Back up. Terrible winter storm on the horizon. The operation took literally hours longer than originally thought. And two of the generals failed to join in the fight because of those bad conditions. But Washington led his troops against all the odds on a nine-mile march and defeated the better-trained and equipped people and literally turned the war around. It was almost an impossible mission, and a seemingly undefeated enemy was defeated. And so the future hung on by a thread. But a thread was all it took. And we read on and we realize, as Americans, we have a great past. We have a rich history. Now I want you to fast forward to today. And I want us to be reminded that in spite of what's going on right now in our nation, our God marches on. We never give up on God. And sometimes in this life, what we do is we begin to realize, you know, there are things in our life just like the war that I just described. There are situations in our life where we think, you know, we're just barely hanging on. We're just barely making it. And so the easy thing to do is to just say, I give up. I surrender. I can't do this anymore. I mean, life happens and things happen in our own personal walk with God. We lose sight. We lose faith. But church, listen. As great a history as we have in America, we have a greater history as people of God. We have a greater history as people of faith. And so I want to show you this morning in about three different passages. Don't worry, I'm not going to spend 30 minutes on each passage. But I want to kind of walk you through what happens It's the story of the people of God. And about the time that we think we can't go on anymore, we begin to realize life is hanging on by more than a thread because faith in a God that's immovable is present. And that, church, is what we have to hang on to every day. We've got to be reminded of this. Our allegiance, first and foremost, is always to God. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Here's an amazing truth. The 4th of July was not the the kingdom of God did not was not born on the 4th of July. Isn't that great to know? It's great to be reminded of. We live and we are a part of a kingdom that the Hebrew writer says that is unshakable. So as we live and as we place our faith in a God that has always been faithful to his people. We don't ever lose faith in our creator. We can lose faith and we can lose hope 
in this nation all day long, but we never lose faith in the sight of God. And so I want you to listen. I want you to first turn to Ezekiel chapter 2. Ezekiel chapter 2. Some very challenging times here as you look in Ezekiel, to say the least. He is receiving his commission at a time that when the people of God were being exiled for some 70 years. And so all of a sudden, they've been tossed out of the promised land to live as prisoners in an oppressor's country in order that they might have a change of heart. Again, remember this, God will do whatever it takes to get our attention. God will do whatever needs to be done to get his people to turn back to him. And so here's what happens in Ezekiel chapter 2. God commissions Ezekiel to be one of the few people who made up the thread. Okay? And so who were faithful to the word of God. And that's what God is always looking for. Who can I count on? Who can I trust to always be true to this right here? Because when we're true to this, then everything else in life will work out. Right? Everything will always work out according to the plan of God. And so God comes along and he taps Ezekiel on the shoulder and he says, You are the man that I need. And you are the man where all of this is going to rest on your shoulders about the future of faith. And I want you to speak to a people who are turning their eyes and their heart. And remember this, when we turn our heart away from God, we absolutely are turning everything in our being away from Him. And so listen to these words, this, his, his call to be a prophet. He said to me, son of man, I want you to stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. And as he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. And I heard him speaking to me and he said, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I'm sending you are obstinate and they're stubborn. So I want you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. Now, here's a sign. How would they know that a prophet was among them? How will this world know that a Christian person is among the world unless we do one thing, unless we are true to our calling of the Word of God? And so, first of all, do you see what happens here? God, first of all, has to speak to us. Okay, God spoke to Ezekiel. Through his spirit that came and rested upon him, God is speaking, and God is speaking to him, and he's saying, as you go among the people, here's what's going to take place. They're rebellious, they're stubborn, and because of that, there's a good chance they may not listen. But when they look at you and they see your life, they're going to know one thing. Here is a person that stands for God. Here is a person that stands for on the truth 
of the Word of God. Here is a person that lives out the message that says, our God is marching on. And so while they are doing their own thing, and while they are being rebellious and being stubborn, Ezekiel comes on the scene, and here's what we learn. The future was hanging on by a thread, but you know what? That was enough for God. And he used Ezekiel, a man of God, a man of faith, to stand among a rebellious people and speak the words of faith on behalf of the people. Now, 70 years later, here's what we begin to learn. Some listened and some didn't. But 70 years later, the people returned to Jerusalem. And you know what they did? They started rebuilding the city. They started rebuilding the temple. They started doing all of those things that God had longed for them to do in the first place. But you know what it took? It took a person. It took a man to hear from God and to deliver what he heard from God to the people. And you know what? That is exactly what God continues to do through your life and through my life. And it's almost as if this morning we can hear God saying to us, are you listening to me? My children, my servants, can you hear what I am saying to you? So instead of hearing all the noise and all the clutter and all the things that's going on in the world around us, people of faith still listen to the voice of God. The day that we stop doing that, we're in trouble. And what we learn through biblical history is, you've especially learned this if you've been in Bible class the last few weeks in Amos, Man, when God says something, he means it. And when God says, I'm going to destroy or I'm going to take care or I'm going to wipe out, he means it. But do you see through all of that, you still hear a gracious and a loving God giving people time to repent. Giving people time to make a change and to have a change of heart. Because that's what he really wants from the beginning. So now I want you to fast forward to Mark chapter 6. So turn in your New Testaments to Mark chapter 6. Here's a time where the future of God's love story for his people rested on the shoulders of just a few individuals. And man, we look at that and we think, man, how, how can that be? Again, about the time that you think that we're just barely hanging on, God will use whatever it takes to make his will happen. And so when you first turn to Mark chapter 6 at the very beginning here, you see Jesus being dishonored in his own hometown. I mean, so much that Jesus' response was, he says, I marveled because of their unbelief. And so it's, it's, it's not a real hope-filled situation. And so with this fresh in the minds of the disciples, he commissions them to go out and to preach the word. And here's what he says in Mark 6. Calling the twelve to him, 
he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. Those, these were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals but not an extra shirt. And whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place. Shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Now, I think I know you well enough that when you get ready to leave for a trip, do you ever stop and realize I've probably packed too much? Right? Women, you probably have too many shoes for the trip, right? I know you're going to disagree with that, but your husband sure won't when he's packing the car. I mean, you probably overpack for a trip. But do you see what happens here? They're, they're going out to this Galilean countryside. They have what we would look at today. They have no hotel reservations. They have no calling ahead, no money, no food, no bag of clothes. I mean, we look at this today and say, man, they are crazy. I mean, what a crazy deal to get into. But you realize the future of faith. This is a scary thought. The future of faith is resting on these individuals that we call the disciples. And as they go out two by two, not an army of men, but in little groups. Man, we look at that today and we think, there is no way. I mean, they don't stand a chance. But again, what looked like an impossibility was possible because God was making the call. Because God was in charge. You see, here's what we've got to realize in our life. God can always see farther ahead than we can. And because God can see farther ahead, do you know what he's already done for us? He has already laid out the way to go. He has already laid out the footsteps through his son Jesus that we are to follow in. And so right there, we begin to see what faith is at that point is, I've got to follow in these footsteps, not in somebody that I can see, but I've got to follow in footsteps of things that I believe that will be true. And you know why we believe that? Because God said it. That is faith. God says it, we believe it, even though we can't see it. That is faith. I'm looking at folks this morning. We need to hear that, don't we, church? There are things in our life that we are called to do that maybe we're scared to take that step or scared to make that turn or whatever the case may be because when we open that door, we go through this way, we can't always see how it's going to be mapped out, but you know what we can believe? We can believe that this is where God is leading me. And because of that, by faith, we realize it's hanging on by more than just a thread. It's hanging on because God is in control and God is in charge. And so now I want you to fast forward to the last passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 
Christ has already ascended into heaven. Paul is writing to a church in Corinth, struggling with their identity. I mean, they were having a very difficult time breaking ties with their former way of life. I mean, they struggled with every sin and everything imaginable, okay? Go back and read First and Second Corinthians and, and get that in context. But here's the good thing. In spite of all of that, God still looks to them as the church. He never abandons them. He never gives up. He just teaches and he works through a man by the name of the Apostle Paul to teach and to say some things of faith to try to get the people to realize you're never lost. It's never too late to turn around and to give your life back to God. And so he's begging the Lord here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul had a problem. His problem was the thorn given him in the flesh. And from now till Jesus comes back, we're going to be wondering, wonder what that thorn in his side really was. We can speculate and we can, we can debate and we can look at it all day long, but I want you to listen to these words. At just about the time that Paul wanted to give up and throw in the towel, listen to these words. In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, say this with me, church, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Boy, that's an upside-down way of thinking, isn't it? I mean, that's totally different than what we see today. But as children of God, God says that is the life that you are to embrace. Boast all the more gladly about your weaknesses so that Christ's power can rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. And listen to this, for when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Again, at just about the time that we think it's over. And at just about the time that we think that we're just barely hanging on, again, what does God do? He works His will in such a way that we begin to realize that we're not just barely hanging on. We are making it and we are thriving because faith in a great God is involved. And a message that you and I need to hear daily is this my grace is sufficient for you my grace is enough 
for you. May we never lose hope in God. May we always be reminded that as we flip over page after page after page, it is a story of faith. It is a story where we see people surviving and living life because of faith in a great God. And so today and tomorrow and a week from now and 10 years from now, when we look at our world and we look at decisions that are made and we look at it and say, I can't believe it or I don't agree with it or whatever the case may be, you can get disheartened in this world. You can even lose confidence in the country that you live in if that's what you need to do. Don't ever lose confidence in a great and powerful God. Because our God will continue to march on regardless of what takes place in this world. God marches on. And you know what? Not only does God march on, but here's something else. The people of faith, that's us, we march on. We don't answer and we don't get our shots called down from the government. Yes, and that's on CD this morning. Okay? I said that. We always take our shots from a loving God. That's our call. And we're going to continue to follow that until he comes to get us through his son Jesus. And you know what? Here's what we've been reminded of this morning. Our faith is rooted in a God who became flesh and who loved you so much that he went to the cross and he died for you. I don't know about you. I want to continue to put my faith in that kind of God. I want to continue to put my trust in that kind of God and a Savior who lives on forevermore. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for stories that we have seen this morning. We thank you for men like Ezekiel. We thank you for the disciples. We thank you for Paul, who you used, Father, as your instruments to help move on the story of faith and the story of Christianity. And Father, we know that today the story will continue to move forward because you have tapped us on the shoulders and you have called us to be your people. Father, help us to stand up just like Ezekiel did. And when your spirit falls upon us, May we be in tuned to what you have to say for our life. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen.